Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. We are backed by Ladbrokes. Go to bet.chelseapodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions that we have got you. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. It's me, Andy Saunders. I'm in charge this week because Kerry Levy is lost in the Sahara Desert. He's been on this epic trip across the Atlas Mountains and down across the Sahara. We haven't heard from him for a few days, so we assume he's lost. So I'm in charge. cookies or something. I don't know what he's doing, Um, but but he's off there. Uh, Philip is uh, is frantically learning lines for a new play that he's in. He's in a play called A Very, Very, Very Dark Place which, you know, is a bit of a metaphor for where we're at after this week. Um, and uh, Gary is now a Newcastle fan, so he's dead to us. Um, so uh, I'm joined this evening by two uh, long-time guests of the show and friends of the show. Uh, to my left, uh, Goal.com uh, Chelsea correspondent, Naz Kinsella. How are you, Naz? I'm very good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, yeah. no, always yeah. a pleasure. And uh, opposite me, uh, Chelsea historian, and uh, and you've been doing this show for a very long time, have you? Uh, Rick Glanville. Yes, I have. Hello, how are you? I'm very, I'm very well, very well. He's got a new look as well. Well, I just, I, that. I said to, uh, I said to, to Rick when I came About in. About a year I've had this. <laughs> he's because uh, you don't call anymore. You don't. He's wearing a jacket. Well, he's made the effort for me, so I might have to call now. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a jacket. It's a bit early for a jacket. It's a nice yeah. day. You're letting uh, us all down. I know. I should have a smoking cap on as well, really. Shouldn't I? <laughs> you did tell me it was for the pockets. Really, <laughs> pockets. There's a, a certain amount of pragmatism involved in that. <laughs> Listen, we've got a couple of games to uh, to review and uh, and a couple to preview as well. So I suppose we should crack straight into it. Did it, did any of us go to Greece? Did you go to Greece? No, I missed out. Sadly, yeah. Um, there's not enough interest apparently from Goal.com. So I was with the rest of you know the fan base, really sat watching it from from home. But I really would have loved to be there because I love those grounds. I love the Europa League for the sort <laughs> of you know the sort of 
the the realness of the teams that they play against, you know, rather than it being the Barcelona's where it's like loads of fans, you know, loads of like tourist fans and stuff. Uh, Pauk just looks absolutely amazing. I love ultras as well. I love that culture. <laughs> I love the intensity, man. It, it looked great. Yeah. Did you go, Rick? No, I, I didn't. You went I was, to holiday. I, went, I was in uh, the Peloponnese in the summer and with my wife, we were saying, oh, wouldn't it be great? We were thinking, we'll go to Thessaloniki next. Wouldn't it be great if we got something in Europa League? But it just came a bit too soon for us, sadly. That was but the, the great one. thing about Europa League is it is like all these country names that you only really see on Eurovision, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's nil, what makes it great. One. Belarus coming up, exactly. Um, I quite fancy Belarus. I went to, uh, as a team, I went to Baku uh, mm. for, in the Champions League and that was a brilliant experience. You know, these places that, you know, a six hour, you know, sort of round trip, mm. you know, and, uh, well, more than that, it's probably about five out flight, I can't remember, it was a long time, a long mm. way anyway, and it was one of those places that you'd, you'd never go unless you went there for a, you know, to by a random football match, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, um, it was this, great, it was great fun. I did the same at the World Cup as well, Samara, 23 days uh, covering wow. covering all Brilliant. different teams in the World Cup, England were the last team to play in Samara as well, so we had like a correspondent in each city, and I think I spent goals budget in, you know, for the Europa League on, on that Samara trip, so that's <laughs> probably... On, on vodka. <laughs> yeah, on vodka and uh, yeah, goulash, it was brilliant. Was it yeah. good? Yeah, but fantastic. I mean, I was watching your Instagram feed. You seem to have an, an absolute yeah, blast. The weather was perfect. I mean, all that football, festival football. It's a lot happier as well, the World you, Cup, you isn't were, it? You were also taking in the culture, Naz, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, You do that as well, don't you? Oh, absolutely. You like a bit of culture. Meet any good Samaritans when you were over there? Yeah, they're, they're all great people. <laughs> great Samaritans. I, I have to talk it up because the first question you always get asked is, how, how, what do you think of our country? What do you think of Samara? Because they've never, most people have never seen an English person before. So it's really? like, there was, I was literally the first English person lots of people met so it's fantastic so they meet a, a sort of an, an Asian Irishman <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah we're all like that <laughs> um, so they probably think everyone speaks with a Yorkshire accent as well <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not from Yorkshire Manchester right? <laughs> I said they think that I didn't say I did it's a good job we're not playing a Manchester club next <laughs> or get it right in the ear um, but going to the game, um, it was quite a, uh, I mean, a brilliant result. That's what you've got to think about. You win the hardest game in the group, mm-hmm. which we all presumably think it is. And it sets up the, the rest of the fixtures so that you can give rest to the, some of the players, bring in some of the, the people that deserve so is the okay. subtext of what you're saying, you were quite happy that you played quite a strong team in that? Because that's, that's coming yeah. for quite a lot of criticism. Uh, when I say I'm quite happy about it, yes, I suppose I am, but also I predicted it. I thought mm. it was the sensible thing to do. Um, he's uh, he's not that seasoned in European competitions like a lot of people, despite his experience. Yeah. So I would have thought he would think, look, I'm at a really big club, Chelsea. I've got to get some points on the board, put a strong team out, and then make changes later. Didn't, Open up the group. Didn't take Hazard with him. Which I suppose was one concession. That's good because the fight was delayed, as you know, back. Yeah. Uh, if you think about that, you know, you do factor yeah. in those points that four of them stayed behind, uh, three of them played on Sunday, yeah. and they were delayed by several hours. So, Well, we'll come on and we'll, we'll talk about what effect that might have had on the West Ham game. But going back to this Pax Salonica game, uh, the team was uh, Kepper in goal, Zappacosta coming in, um, Rudiker, Christensen, Alonso, uh, Kante, Jorginho and Barclay in a three-man midfield with Morata up front, flanked by Pedro and mm. Willian. Um, and it, it was a frustrating game, but obviously we made the breakthrough with Willian, you know, coming up with the goods again. When it was um, early, you thought, way, here we go. Mm. But 
Missed too many chances again, didn't we? Yeah, Chelsea played really well, I thought. You know, just uh, what, did exactly what Sarri would have wanted to do. Obviously, there's a bit of a gulfing class between two sides. Um, Chelsea's value, squad value is just a different level to those teams in the Europa League. But um, I thought they were brilliant. It's just Morata, you know, the finishing. I think we have to focus on Morata for this game because the, as sad as it is, he, he he was off the pace, really. His finishing was poor. I thought he was very sharp in the first half and then it seemed to have dropped away in the second half. And you could say that about most players, but I think particularly Morata um, seemed to lose confidence from his misses. And I thought, uh, yeah, sensitive. <laughs> and I thought that maybe this would be the season where, you know, you thought hopefully Sari would galvanise him, bring back the real Morata. It was Conte's fault. He was sucking the <laughs> life out of Morata, but turned out to be actually maybe maybe Morata does have a problem with himself. You know, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was on a bit of a goal drought as well recently, and you just thought it's only a matter of time before it comes to an end. When Morata scores, you're like, it's only a matter of time before another goal drought comes. At the moment, that's the way I feel about him. It's it's very Torres-like, yeah. isn't it? In, in the sense that there's an, an awful lot of goodwill, I think, you know, still. I mean, I was praying for him to score, mm. you know, and, and, and thinking just, you know, just get a couple under your belt and then, you know, relax into it. And, you know, I think you're right. The only person that's kind of beating Morata at the moment is Morata. It's, yeah. it's all in his head, you know. He, I think there are structurally problems with the, the way that he's not adapting to the sorry style of football, though. That really sort of militate against him being successful. Like, like what? He can't. He's not very good with his back to goal. No. Um, and a lot of role that in that four three three, that the the spearhead role is. It's really important that you can do that. That you can hold the ball, scre- hold the ball, screen it from these people who are having to dig at you from behind and and involve other people, play it quickly. And it just wasn't coming off for him in uh, in Palk. And I think that you know the, the difference is obviously that. Uh, that's Shiru's game. He's very much that. He's so strong. He's got, you know, he knows how to use his body, Drogba-like, really, in the way that he does that. You know, he leans back away from the ball and they can't get near it. Yeah. Um, unless, like, we'll come on to West Ham, but they had a, they had a tactic for dealing with that. Um, but he, I think the thing with Morata is that it, is a, it seems to be a, a noise in his head. That's what it seems to me, that he seems to... He can't think straight about when, there are, when he's in front of goal. And when he's required to do things, there seems a lot of conflict in his. There is. In his I, I, I think. Mm. I think it's quite painful to. It watch. can go. It could go. It could be just a. As as Nizar's saying, it could be just a confidence thing. Are we? Are we playing to his strengths? I mean, we we know what can't, we know what he's good at. He's really good in the air. We know he's mm. really good in the air. Mm. How many decent crosses do we put in the box? For him to attack. Well, there was really. no That's... excuse against Park, though, was there? There was no excuse. No. He should have scored in that game. There were three. It was... Absolutely brilliant yeah. chances. And some of them were aerial chances as well. One yeah, of his headers true. was pretty good. Um, yes, he's a bit right. unlucky at times. a classic times, header that, yeah. he could, that he could have uh, dispatched. I mean, general. Yes. I, look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing for Morata. Morata is, is is what he is. I mean, yeah. I think is, there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities between the, the Torres, you know, sort of mm. internal demons going on here. You know, yeah, and he I, didn't I, go. Back, you know, I mean, it didn't end all well for. Uh, Fernando Torres, but he did have some great moments with us in the Europa League. <laughs> it is so that Torres has just similar Gary Neville. stuff. You know, well, Champions League wasn't too bad either at Barcelona. No. But I think the does thing he is, deserve the kind I of think the vitriol that him. he's getting? I, no, well, see, this is one of the things. I mean, I love social media, but I think it's that sort of um, uh, the, the old uh, mob mentality. The the uh, emotional incontinence yeah no and also just this hue and cry that builds up mm. and everyone lumps on someone it really disgusts me, me i'm too. afraid yeah. me too. and um I, I think that 
someone was was posting something I, I try not to get involved in these discussions to be honest on on twitter but occasionally i just think oh, look, i've got to say something you're a bigger so man than me <laughs> no, i said i just said look you know someone said what do you think we should we be getting rid of him or whatever i said look we've got a long tradition as chelsea as chelsea fans of really backing our players think how the brilliant support that torres got um you know, in, he may have deserved it, he may not. But in the end, you get the reward for backing your players. And you don't get any reward for barracking them. No, you don't. And most of them are sticking around until the end of the season. So Moratti, just get, be, get behind him until the end of the season. It's just making we the problem worse. We back for God's sake. You know, I mean, <laughs> talk about lost Rousseau. causes. <laughs> there has been worse. There has been worse. <laughs> but, I mean, we, have a, we do have a habit of ruining strikers, though, don't we? Well, we've, you know, we, we have... I think the thing is, it is a difficult position and it tends in our system to be one person rather than two yeah uh, so they get sort of singled out do but you um i mean i've asked this question on previous podcasts this season but as, you, as you're here i'll ask it of you are you a fan of the current system do you like a back four um i like the, i like the, the style of play whether you could do that with a three uh like we were playing before i think you probably could a lot of it is that there's a much more progressive passing regime. I much, I, I'm a big fan, always have been, of uh, one, two touches passing and being positive about passing. To be honest, it reminds me a bit, and I'll probably get laughed at for this, but of the Division 2 team in the mid-70s, where we, it was all about that one-touch passing. And you could see they'd grown up together on the training ground and they all knew where each other, what runs they were going to make. And there were loads of triangular combinations and things like that. And it was beautiful to watch it at times. We got much better players now and we could probably mix it up more. But you saw, I think you've seen the limitations or, or rather the, uh, uh, the demands that it makes on a team and how you have to be really on top of your game to make it work fantastically well and I don't know whether that, whether how easy it is to do that over the course of a season you like yeah. the back four yeah I think I think any style of play is fine you know I'm, I'm not one of these who hates Conte style or loves Saris mm. you know football that's what makes football great is that we have all these varying styles but yeah. but for this one uh, I think I think you're right I think everyone needs to be on the game it's really an attention to detail thing Sari is obsessive it is it is video analysis it's 12 hour days uh, he's really setting this example uh, there's a lot of knowledge in those players heads to retain to yeah. do that system as well um, so that's why he's not been rotating so much We've have seen, you spent any time with Sari? Uh, yeah I've done a lot I've done a lot with him luckily like uh, we had um, sort of rights access for the for the pre-season friendlies which was good so I did a bit of one on one with him and, um, and how did you find him as a person? Very very uh, well very warm not as not as maybe charismatic as Antonio Conte but very sort of uh, friendly very simple uh, just obsessed with football it reminds me knows what he wants knows what he wants it reminds me maybe a bit of Wenger where there's like there's probably nothing in his life <laughs> there's nothing in his life outside of football it is just it is just he is just obsessed with football and, and Chelsea smoking. Yeah. and smoking is his other passion yeah and he's got a dog called Chiro as well which is pretty cool um, but yeah he's he's really obsessed Chiro Chir- like you know C-I-R-O oh, right, Italian okay. name yeah. sp- from Naples apparently right. um, so he I really Shearer for a second I thought that was a bit <laughs> random <laughs> 
Well, he, well, being a fan of Shearer is nothing, you know. <laughs> Gary did he, Hayes. Did he loves give you him. an insight into the way he's thinking about tactically, or did he did he did he kind of walk you through it? Was he passionate about that? Yeah, he is. Um, there's obviously a few guarded secrets in the industry, but he's he's certainly it's no no secret that he wants to move it quickly. Uh, there's lots of little details like set pieces. There's lots of options for the players to use. There's lots of weapons. So he famously has 33 set piece routines, even throw ins. Uh, Nathaniel Shalabar, the ex-Chelsea player, he played for him in Napoli and he said that what shocked him was that there was even things to remember about throwing. So mm. every little thing, uh, there's loads of those little details and that's why Jorginho is so important. People are asking these questions. What does he actually do? He's just passing it sideways. The pass numbers don't mean anything. But he's so vocal on the pitch. When you watch Chelsea live, oh. he's like a captain yeah, um, and absolutely. he's just been there for a, a few weeks. His status in the dressing room is massive mm. and he's really sorry on the pitch. Um, Zola's contributing a lot as well. Uh, he's, it seems to be almost Sarri's specifically focusing on the defence at the moment as well. Um, he, even though Chelsea's defence hasn't been awful, I think he sees that as being a big limitation that he can control and improve for the future. The finishing problems at Chelsea, it's not really something he can control. It's down to the players to come up with the answers, get their confidence up and start bagging goals. And, and there's only so much you can do as a coach with the finishing. That's a really interesting insight. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. Um, it was interesting. Jorginho came off, didn't he, uh, in, in the Pout game and Fabregas came on. The, the, the lesser spotted Fabregas that we haven't yeah. seen an awful lot of mm. and you know looks okay looked like he, he, he but he sort of looked like a slower version of Jorginho I felt <laughs> you know I mean it, it really I, f- I felt the contrast between the two of them was, re- was really interesting well they are di- uh, different they're players at different stages of their of careers course. aren't they they're both and quarterbacks in, in some sense though aren't they they're both standing yeah, you know, I, with, the, with the game in front of them looking to dictate yeah and I think although um, in our mind's eye, we might think of Fabregas as being someone who takes several touches uh, and therefore slows play down. Um, he doesn't have to play like that. I think given the licence and given the opportunity to take risks, because this is another aspect of what we're talking about with this style of football. He wants risk-taking passes. He, he wants people threading. You, you will have noticed uh, uh, that... Um, uh, People like Rudiger are trying to thread passes through from the back, you know, t- to cut out to go through midfield, yeah. and that's what the the coach uh, wants them to, to do. That, but obviously there are risks attached to that, and it's not until the the rest of the team know you're going to be able to do that and you, you are doing it, they're they're not going to quite pick up on it. I think the other thing that's really interesting is this thing that he said about he's much more if, if from the defensive point of view, he's much more interested in players focusing on the ball rather than a person to mark yeah and that's not necessarily he's not talking about corners and free kicks with that what he's talking about is that if you can win the ball high up the pitch then you've got shorter uh, quicker route to goal and you're more likely to score and all the statistics that you can read about this prove (laughs) prove this this is why so many teams are trying it now um and so you can see Jorginho and I, i Nizar's absolutely right. The time to watch him, mm. if you're at the game, because uh, you won't get it on the telly, is when there's a throw-in or something or a, a, a yeah. pause in play. You watch Jorginho and he'll run 10 yards and talk to someone and tell them what they're doing wrong or what they're doing right or what they can So is he a future captain? He's a quarterback, yeah. He's a, he could be a future captain for sure, yeah. I don't think... I don't think, um, I don't think he Sarri will be. Thinks, no, I, I don't think Sari thinks a captain is... 
Mm. Everything that uh, no, I just don't yeah. think. I think he thinks ceremonial. It's that Italian than... thing. It's the you know, it's the older. Yeah, it's an experienced player. It's not necessarily your uh, your general on the on the right. pitch like we tend to think here. You know, yeah. we're still thinking of Brian Robson with you know his shin pads out and th- waving his fist as a yeah. captain. That's not necessarily how no. sorry we'll see a captain. One thing I wanted to talk about uh, about the Pout game was Ross Barkley. Mm. Who I thought was a real bright spot in the game. Yeah, you know, we, we haven't seen an awful lot of yeah. Ross. You've seen him in fits and starts. We know the issues, the problems, the challenges that he's had to face, even at his very early days at Chelsea. But he seems to be figuring in the plans. I thought he took his opportunity really well last week. And, you know, looks like he can be a reliable player in that system. He needs a goal as well. I think that would really, I think we've seen him step up. Uh, a lot since last season where frankly at times first assist for a long I mean it made the yeah. assist but it was first assist for a very long time since Everton it? I yeah, think 2017 yeah, yeah, I think it, I think it would yeah. be that but he looked so lost last season and I, I'm not sure whether it was he was properly briefed on how he was supposed to be playing whether he understood it whether the system suited him but this year he seems to understand it he's had a pre-season under him he's fit he looks a lot leaner sharper and I think he's got the bit between his teeth. I think, you know, you've yet to see that last 10% mm. where he starts to get the goals and the assists on a regular basis and forces his way into the side. But he's the only English player who's playing regularly. And I'm quite glad that we're not getting a, a kicking over that because we're playing all overseas players quite regularly. And actually the media seem to have ignored it which I'm quite pleased about to be honest wait till Gareth Southgate gets on that in the next international break it will happen but uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with Barkley I think he needs the goal just to get selected people look at the goals and assists and he's competing with Matteo Kovacic who for me feels like the main one and mm, yeah. it's almost like he has to do something to prove that you can't drop me uh, and that, I think that's going to be tough for him there's also Kante as well whose spot he could take uh, theoretically if he can prove himself disciplined enough to go in the other way um, no, he'll never be Kante but you know, there's been a lot of criticism of Kante so far this season not because he's not a world class player he obviously is world class at what he does it's, it's the goal threat um, he's in the box more than any of the other midfielders yeah. even yeah. Barkley even Kovacic and it just seems to dissipate every time. Um, that's yeah. the worry. That's the worry. It is a worry, and I think we can address that in a minute when we come on and talk about West Ham because I think that kind of threw that in, in, into sharp relief. Barkley, to me, it feels like he's going to have a season as an impact sub. Mm. It feels like he's going to have a season of coming on twenty minutes to go and you know and 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 changing things up. You know, he's a and, specimen though. So against teams that have a oh, he's a big unit. He's got a massive arse. Kovacic is strong, <laughs> but he's small yeah. and. Sometimes I can imagine, for example, Tottenham might be one of those matches where you might see him. Some of the bigger Burnley, those kind so of. We need some physicality. Big, yeah, when you're facing really. Dembele. Mm. <laughs> well, and Dyer. Yeah, sort of big, bigger players, you yeah. know. I mean, it makes sense. Um, Kovacic is a lovely player. It's funny, every time we're, we're sitting there covering uh, the game and we're going, right. What diff- what boots are they wearing today? Him and Eden Hazard, because it's so difficult oh, yeah. to I tell know. the difference. I, sometimes it really that is. is the way. To- <laughs> Number on the back of the shirt. That, you, you, you <laughs> might not be able to see that. Look for the yeah. different coloured boots. That's what we always do. Exactly. Just a quick one on Fabregas as well. Um, he he played in Jorginho's role, and I think that's going to be an issue at some point this season. Yeah. You know, who's going to be the guy who takes over from Jorginho when he's not <laughs> Gets playing? Three games a season. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to get a lot. No, um, Fabregas did it then, and I think he. he struggled but I think the difference between Jorginho and Fabregas is Fabregas' whole career has been up the pitch yeah. influenced the game in the final third Jorginho 
barely shoots. He barely gets any assists. It's just keeping the game ticking over. And Fabregas, might, he seems to have had an identity crisis in his late career uh, because Conte made him into a box, box-to-box midfielder and he did that job because he was better than Bakayoko. Now he's Guardiola been asked to played be, him as a striker. Guardiola played him as a striker. He's intelligent Number enough to adapt. Was, but, well, the false yeah. nine, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But now he's trying to be Jorginho, so uh, we'll, see, we'll see if he can do that. But he seems to be asked to adapt every couple of years in his in his football he's career he's a smart player yeah. and uh, and also he knows what he he will do what he thinks is best for him and it it's best for him to uh, fit into that role because he's not really he's not going to replace either of the other two i don't think just just on uh, you know a few mutterings amongst the uh, amongst the, the the chelsea family about this maybe was an opportunity to to give loftus cheek a game to give hudson Hudson Adoya game, you know they they didn't figure. You know what's the prognosis for them moving forward? I think I think that the prognosis is never good at Chelsea. Is it for the young English players, uh, the young academy players? I mean, Rick might be more positive than me on it, but I think the jury's still uh, still out. I think it's to do the manager and the constant changing. Um, no manager wants to take that risk. Uh, they needed the result, and you really have to trust those players to do the job just as well as people like Pedro, who are the most decorated player at Chelsea Willian World Cup uh, World Cup performing player who's got loads of caps for Brazil I don't know how many games they'll get under Sarri I think Sarri needs to give Hudson Odoi games though because Chelsea will want him to sign a new deal uh, you know he, he, he's a player that they obviously value highly and think will be a great player in the future Ampadu signed a new deal didn't he which is positive that's brilliant news yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he, they're absolute gems Chelsea have some of the best young talent at that age group um, so I'm hopeful they'll get more games but yeah, it was a bit disappointing to not see them. I think I think Hudson Odoi can do the job as the competition progresses, and as you say, we've got yeah. the big game out of the way now. Do you think you'll see more and more of these players, Rick? Well, Gianfranco Zola in his press conference today singled out Ampadu and Hudson Odoi as players who will have some involvement tomorrow. They're in a squad that's yeah. gone up to Anfield. My question, I'll I'll have you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah, is it your question? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I heard you named. I yeah. think uh, yes. I think you your name was put before that, but. Uh, you know, um, and Mason Mount is uh, will be interesting scoring to see goals him, uh, if he plays tonight against Man United. He's got four goals this season already. He's got more than more, that, I think. Yeah. And he's got something like five goals and four assists or something. Amazing. Like, could be wrong, but he is really impressing. And, and the, really, of the players, apart from the obvious ones that everyone talks about, like you know uh, Salah and De Bruyne and, and people, the one youth player. Uh, that I think we've really missed out on, and he's injured at the moment. Is Chalabar, mm. and I was that was a disappointment for me to see that him he went on and we retained someone in the position that maybe he could have been as or we had Bakayoko he who he could have been as good mm. as if not a whole lot better. But I do think uh, Hudson Odoi and Ampadu are just you you know you don't you've got to get in on merit you don't get in on youth yeah you know you've I've always got, said that. You've, it's not about you can turn Give that argument about, go. well that thing if you're you know if you're good enough you're old enough well, it's the other way around as well it yeah, is it is it is i think i think merit when you're playing for an elite you don't get global team like chelsea it. yeah you get in on merit you've and got to be the best player in your position yeah. in the world yeah and you've got to do it regularly and <laughs> like it's very Mbappe. it's very difficult yeah. Yeah, well, that's the that's the point. There aren't that many people that are coming through and, mm. and doing it time and time again. Uh, Declan Rice, obviously, was the well. The two fullbacks at Liverpool, you could argue, have have made a real impact this season. You know, uh, uh, Alexander Trent and uh, Alexander Trent Arnold, Alexander Arnold, Alexander Arnold, and yeah. uh, and and uh, the Scottish Trent. 
<laughs> hey, Arnold. Robertson. Arnold. Arnold. Gomez? Gomez? No, Robertson. Oh, Arnold. Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, who the two fullbacks, Gomez to a degree. I mean, they are, they but have come been, through. But they've been used quite sparingly over the last few years and gradually in, introduced yeah. more regularly. That's, that's the way that we would all like to see it happen. It is one of the problems with uh, when you have an unseeded first uh, round three, rather, of league, the League Cup, is that we come up against Liverpool and the chances are we could go out mm-hmm. against them. And then that whole five games or whatever it might have been that, that yeah. those youngsters could have been involved in won't be there so opportunities is going to be limited that's why the Europa Chelsea League have a big squad Chelsea yeah. have a big squad yeah, yeah. let's um let's take a break because we've got to go to an ad break and we'll come back we'll talk about West Ham afterwards the Chelsea is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale Watney's Pale Ale the Chelsea beer of the month The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Um, we're back. So let's talk about the uh, return to the Premiership and, uh, and West Ham uh, on, uh, at the weekend. Um, more of a, a kind of settled first team. We had uh, Kepper in goal, a back four of Alonso, Luis and Rudiger and uh, Azpilicueta. Three in the middle, Kovacic, uh, Jorginho and Kante, with Olivier, Olivier Giroud coming back up front, with uh, Eden Hazard replacing the injured, uh, William uh, re- replacing the injured Pedro, who got a, a nasty yeah. shoulder injury, yeah. I think. Any idea how he's going to be, how long he's going to be out for now? Uh, not too long. I think he could be back for the Liverpool league game, which yeah, would be very so. important for, for Chelsea. Yeah, He wouldn't have played tonight anyway. But it's interesting that Sarri's... T- talks about him understanding the system mm-hmm. he's running off the ball movement off the ball is the best of the of the team I think he was really missed I mean mm. we were all at the game right yeah mm. you yeah. were both in the mm. press box I was mm. in the ridiculously yeah. long way away away end <laughs> um, but so we had different kind of perspectives on the game mm. uh, one thing that you do get when you're when you're when you're in the away end at, at the Olympic Park is a is a big vista of the pitch yeah. when you're a long way away mm. so it's interesting to note and obviously in the first half Chelsea were attacking the, the one in the wrong postcode up the other end <laughs> um, but, but what you did notice was how narrow West Ham were from, from the off you know, oh, no, no wider than the 18 yard box we're going to get that in every team that, that we play now absolutely mm. and Olivier Giroud who was clearly in the team to hold the ball up mm. to you know to he, you know as I said on the podcast last week you know he's a striker that's not in it to score goals he's there to hold the ball up and to lay the ball off and mm. to cause chaos in the box and bring other people into the game just couldn't he couldn't operate now you said you had a theory about how they coped with him West Ham Declan Rice wasn't playing as a defensive midfielder he was playing as a a kind of third centre back just ahead of the other two centre backs so Mm. what was happening was that Giroud was the ball was going into Giroud and either he or Noble or one of the other ones were just sweeping the ball off him as soon as they as soon as they could they were also screening it so that he couldn't it couldn't get to him so it was some, something where they'd seen that there was this past combination that we were using over reliant on in the perception and so they were just uh, stopping us doing that and what it meant as a result is that where they were pushed into where the our players were pushed into wide areas and we just at the moment we just we're not able to penetrate from those those wide areas and if you noticed a lot of it they were quite happy it's always interesting to see the players that the opposition teams are, are happy to have the ball mm. and if you notice they put a man on David Luiz the whole game and they let Tony Rudiger have the ball because they I disagree with them but they thought that he couldn't be a threat and they couldn't build from that or they perceived that David Luiz was a better creator from from that perspective. How are you feeling about David Luiz? Um, I think he's, I think he's actually, uh, 
I think for the most part he's done very well, but there was a one of those heart in mouth moments on yeah, again. <laughs> that you get that you get with David. <laughs> we love him, but you do, you are going to have got a to, couple of game, isn't he? One yeah. of those high balls that he didn't yeah. deal with, yeah. and then we ended up almost, I think, two against one. They had mm. almost for a for a bit, but um, he is a he, he's a good personality to have on there. He's comfortable on the ball, and he does uh, he for the most part he's very focused, or he has been this. This season, I'm disappointed is he the best that option at the yeah, hasn't been. Well, this is the thing: is Christensen a better option mm. than Louise? Not the manager doesn't think so at the what moment. Do you think? And they say, well, no, I don't watch him on the training ground every every day. They're watching him on the instinctively. What do you think? I think that um, give you the I would throw the youth in. I want a 17 year old first team. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, that I. I think the Christensen up until about, what was it, January, February last season, um, I would have definitely in the right. team. But he had that crisis of confidence after the Barcelona errors. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, on this pod, I said he should, I, I said he should be rest, take him out of it. He's young. He's done an awful lot. He looks a bit frazzled. He's made a mistake. Now remove him from the action and just say, oh, we're just giving him a bit of a rest. Don't well, make we- it because he's made a mistake. But he carried on playing him and he made more mistakes. And I think that mm. but he's now had a, a bit of a rot. He has, but I don't know how he's, I right. don't know how confident he is still because I, I don't regularly watch uh, the training he's, enough. He was good against Park though. And it's down yeah. to him yeah. to take David Luiz's spot. And I, I David Luiz had those moments, but I don't think he's been bad enough to be dropped. And uh, no, I think yeah, he the is one still on one. He was really good in. Yeah, playing, yeah, playing, devil's advocate, playing devil's advocate, that yeah. Pauk attack was not a Premier no, League that's, that's no. attack. Wasn't that's it, exactly really. what I was going to say. Yeah. Well. The problem is that you're not talking about, you know, like a uh, uh, the, the the three that you're going to be facing uh, on Saturday, the yeah. Liverpool three, you know. Um, but Chelsea have had one game a week up until now and that was his first chance and, and Sarri is playing David Luiz because he didn't go to the World Cup so yeah. he understands his he's system he's yeah. that's what it is maybe he's just taking it part time until Christensen is up to speed um, so yeah I think I think Christensen's definitely the heir to that spot it's only a matter of time for me before he takes it but Luiz for now is fine he's Ampadu as well you know, yeah. whether he's a defensive midfielder or because he played there for Wales didn't he I have a question about Ampadu's size as a centre back. That's that's my question. Mm. He's just, bigger than you think, though. When you see him, he's just a bit skinnier. That, than, yeah, yeah, his physicality yeah. as a centre back in the Premier yeah. League. I just have a question over. I'm not saying it can't be. Mm. I remember us going, and, and this was last year. Went to Huddersfield mm. away. And he's grown since then. Yeah, I'm sure he has because he's, <laughs> he's still 17, growing. 17, what is he? Yeah. 17, 18 is he now? But, you know, yeah, 18. Yeah, the Huddersfield 18 game, he came ago. on with like 10 minutes to go. We were winning 4 0 or something. And then he was up against De Poitre. He was a big mm. lad, you know mm. what I mean? Mm. But completely just got muscled off the ball. And mm. he's going to come up yeah. across, against the De Poitres, especially with the yeah. lower teams. You know, we're going to just muscle him off the ball. You know, mm. I, I don't know. It's just something I noticed last year mm. and it raised a question mark. And whenever I've seen him play in that kind of slightly midfieldy role, he looks brilliant. But, mm. you know, boy, have we got some competition in yeah, that role. Playing for Wales, mm. he was fantastic. A couple yeah. of brilliant runs where he, he actually did, he actually monstered a midfielder, a, mm. an, an experienced midfielder, and, and created a goal in one instance. And there were a couple of other similar things. But look, let's, let's do it sensibly. Yeah. I want to talk about the passing. I want to talk about, we touched on it with the Pout game and about, about passing, about Sarri's mm. 75% possession. 
758 passes in the game. <laughs> Most of them with Jorginho, apparently broke a Premier League record for passes in the game. I mean, I know this is, mean, yeah. this is all me- this is meaningless in, in, in a lot of ways because you've got to surround it with context and you've mm. got to surround it with, you know, with, with impactful passes. I un- understand all of that, but the, the stats are overwhelming on the passes. Are we becoming Arsenal? Are we becoming pretty football up to the edge of the box it's, with no final product? It's inevitable it happens. It's inevitable that this is going to be the criticism labelled Asari. I just can't believe it's not happened sooner because I expected the early games it to be like this, but West Ham did a great job on Chelsea. And, and I think maybe... Are we not giving them enough credit for the position they... The, you know, we, we, we're moaning a little bit about us being off the boil, not moving the ball quickly. What, maybe so, so having of, a tactic of defending with 10 men. But doing it well. Yeah. Well, yeah. they they did yeah. a job on Chelsea, didn't they? And uh, Pellegrini's got a great pedigree in in the game, so it's no surprise that he managed to achieve that. But I thought they were too narrow, and that might be there could we have been more. Ups- yeah, I thought Chelsea were too narrow. Willian cutting inside a lot. You know, the positions he's getting in were behind the fullback, which is great. But, but we had easily enough yeah. chances. You know, I, I, yeah. I mentioned Six shots earlier. On target. Yeah. You know, the Morata shot against the goalkeeper's head. And, That's a big and the issue. other thing is, you know, where... But West Ham had better chances than Chelsea as well. You've got to remember that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let, let, let's the Arsenalisation, if that's what you're referring to, though, we've had second highest number of shots on goal this mm. season. So um, Man City have had the most. Uh, and Liverpool have had the third match. I throw it out there as a kind of cheap what, shot and a, and, a, and a devil's advocate question, really. But you know, I, no, I don't necessarily believe is, it. But we we have ownership of the ball more, so you know, it probably feels like, oh come on, we've had the ball for three minutes, we still five minutes. We haven't, we haven't yeah. had a shot for ages. It probably feels a bit more like that. But I think it's more down to the. I don't think that we are creating enough golden opportunities. Really good. Uh, yeah. uh, chances we're probably about par for the number of really good chances that we've that we've created and in all we don't think we're getting behind teams enough we're not creating the tappings we could have had one against West Ham yeah. when William could yeah. have squared it oh. to Morata but yeah. chose to shoot and Hazard back healing it towards Morata the you know there were a couple of those moments where mm. everyone is going just shoot for God's sake yeah. and oh, we had, you know conversely we had Yarmolenko at the other end missing Probably the sitter. Did you see? The, no. Did you see that the West Ham dressing room? Someone took a photo, sort of video of Yarmolenko walking into the dressing room, and someone had put up uh, his face on a square head all <laughs> over the and printed it off and put it up all yeah. around the dressing room because of that head. It obviously came off a corner. Yeah. Rather than, uh, did, did you ever used to call it fifty p head when you were when you were back playing in school? I think uh, it would have been thruppenny head with us. We were an older vintage oh, young yeah. man. We were yeah. pre-decimal. <laughs> but I always, came, I always say, oh, it came off a corner. Yeah, yeah square, yeah. the old square head. Yeah, yeah. Um, two, it was, for but me, Kante, you were talking. You well, I was going to say that it was a, for me. It was a game of two Chelsea players. He's we'll come on and talk about getting the chances. As we'll come on and we'll talk about Eden Hazard in a minute because I think that's worth a conversation about where Eden Hazard is at the moment and our expectations on him. And I want to talk about Kante and where he's playing. Mm. You know, Gary Hayes on this podcast a couple of weeks ago posited the controversial. You know, perhaps we should drop Kante. You know, perhaps he's not. If we're not going to play him in his position, perhaps we need to put some creative. Uh, you know, Ross Barkley or someone on there that's going to create things on there. You know, maybe, maybe he is droppable now. Yeah, but there is, a, there is something that is blindingly obvious about all this. Why doesn't Kante just improve in that position? Well, th- that's an argument. I mean, it's definitely an <laughs> well, argument. Why, why are players, why do they think that he's a young player? He's, he's not set in stone. Does he not want, is it that he doesn't want to practice shooting or heading or that he doesn't want to practice calmness in front of goal? I bet if you said to him, 
uh, would you like to add that to your game? He'd be absolutely delighted and say, yes, that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just well, not quite understanding the role just yet. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe he's just not capable of it. You know, maybe... maybe you Don't know, limit him. Don't say to him, mate... You, hold on a minute, <laughs> mate. No, no, sorry. All you're a water carrier, mate. Don't try and improve your game. Don't try and add anything to well, it. Well, I think, I think, that, I think that, that, that that's definitely one way to, to look at it. And I, I think there's a lot of merit in that. But I, I would also say, why... Okay, again, devil's advocate. Why are we playing the world's best defensive midfielder in an attacking role? Because of Jorginho. Because of the system. And if we are, and we all know that, we all know, I agree with that. I absolutely know why we're doing it. Why why then are we expecting him to do the role where we've got other players who are better at it? So we've got Ross Barkley's better at that, better as an attacking midfielder than Kante. Why is he then in the team? Because he covers more ground than any other player okay. for start off, because it's not a system where Jorginho stays in his position. Jorginho goes forward as well. You'll see it. Mm-hmm. He'll suddenly dart forward because he's seen an opportunity, and that's when you have your holding your other holding player, which is usually Kante, because the other one on the left. Uh, well, uh, it's a bit unfair, but. Um, Kovacic does cover back but if it's a Ross Barkley or someone they tend to be a bit further forward so he has to do that covering role as well and a lot of players wouldn't be able to do it he's still the best anticipator the best tackler and look he can you know when he runs with the ball it gets the whole crowd going and he doesn't do it enough Mm. Why doesn't he do it more? He mm. can do it more. We all know he so can. So you're happy with that three at the moment? Look, this is, remember the goal he scored against Man United where he skipped mm. past two mm. challenges and, and put it into the that, bottom that, corner? That's one goal in almost that, 100 appearances. Yeah, no, but, no, but what I'm saying is it's, he has it in his... It wasn't like has everyone was going... Locker. Yeah, and he scored... Yeah, but Matthew, first match of Matthew, the season he Matthew scored. scored an absolute screamer. You wouldn't call him a goal scorer. No, but why isn't he? I, I, I used to criticise Matic for not having enough. It was almost like a kind of... Ooh, no... No, you know, it's the aesthetic thing. It's not quite for me, that goal-scoring thing. I'll leave that to all the glory we'll boys. I'll score a push gas every two years. <laughs> um, listen, I don't disagree with you. For me, you can't drop Kante because, you know, because of what he brings to, to the game. But, you know, it, it's, for me, it's a conundrum. It's mm. like, it goes back to me. For, well, that's what I'm proposing the solution. Well, I, 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 I think saying goalie, you're it's down one to you of the and best players in the world. If you added this to your game, you will be the best player in the world. What do you think, Nurse? He's a world-class square peg in a round hole, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he that's what, that, it's clear. Everyone can see it. Yeah. He's absolutely one of the best midfielders in the world, just in the World Eleven, by the way, at the FIFA with Best Hazard. Awards. With Hazard. Um, and Thibaut <laughs> <laughs> a snake, apparently. Um, yes. Thanks uh, all his Real Madrid teammates. Did you see that? You know? And Chelsea, yeah. he did. Well, but yeah. he's only played about three games. That's what for I Real. Mean. Well, in pre-season, Chelsea played with Barkley and Fabregas on the, uh, at the side of Jorginho, and it worked quite well. And they were playing against Inter, Arsenal. I know it was just reserve teams, but they're yeah. playing against good teams, and it looks all right. And they played against Man City uh, without Kante as well, and they got battered. So it shows you maybe that. In the big games, you need Kante, but um, Liverpool played with Shakiri at the weekend in, in central midfield, and you know it's, it's obviously a risk, even against a team like Southampton. But maybe it's a risk worth taking every now and again, just to throw in Barkley, uh, who can do the work defensively. Not obviously not as good as the world class square peg in a round hole, but yeah, he can do it. And Fabregas as well chuck him on off the bench a bit sooner maybe I thought they could have put Fabregas on yeah, we to influence the game saying the same thing yeah. on 
Sunday. So it's worth so the risk because he, he finds the passes in those tight spaces yeah, better than anyone yeah, yeah. in the so world. Kante, so Kante, he's got the key to the lock, isn't he? Yeah. Sometimes. So Kante, watch this space. Let's hope that he embraces this new role and you know and and goes with it and you know that it that it settles down. He works it out. I'm still a little bit worried when you know the person on the end of the header, header of the cross is Kante. You know, I want it to be my striker. I want it to be my oh, attacking no, well, midfield player. Absolutely. You know. But don't forget teams. You know, uh, teams are going to uh, take care of the ones who they see as the threat, and they're going to yeah. uh, allow. That's what I'm saying earlier. Yeah. They allow the ones that they don't perceive as a threat to have the ball. Let's talk about Eden Hazard. Mm. You know, I've, I've said recently on social media that you know we we tend to get a little bit carried away at Chelsea. You know, Eden Hazard stings three or four amazing games together. Suddenly, he's the best player in Europe. You know, mm. and you know the, the 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 king of all he surveys. Then he plays like he does on Sunday, and we realise that actually he's not. You know, because Eden is deficient in in certain areas, whether that's consistency, mindset, ambition, um, ability to take responsibility. You know, all of these things. Don't get this. Don't, this is not a criticism of Eden Hazard. I think he's an amazing player. He's capable of supernatural brilliance. But I think, and my point is, that we tend to load a huge amount of responsibility on that boy's shoulders. Mm. And and if he doesn't tick, which he mm. didn't on Sunday for for a couple of reasons, mm. we struggle. And mm. I think a lot of that is just putting too much pressure on his shoulders. Discuss. I, I think Sari's a little bit frustrated with an element of Hazard's game that he praised Pedro for that element of you know playing off the shoulder, finding space, scoring goals, uh, just being selfish and building up your numbers. Um, I think that Hazard is an unbelievably unselfish player. I think he drops deep a lot because he likes to touch the ball as well. And those are two things that Sari doesn't really care about. It's totally a pragmatic system. He's he's just there to fit in a role, and that's where he might score more goals if he listens. Sari and plays off the shoulder a little bit more and I thought maybe against West Ham he's a little bit undisciplined in dropping deep too much not not picking up the right positions in wide areas and, and you, stuff like that they've mentioned that a few times the coaches that mm. they want him to be coming alive and that he want, they want him to be focusing on the final third they want him to be picking the ball up mm. uh, with just the, the rear guard to take on that's where they think that he can improve and, and become more of a a, a, a a regular, uh, brilliant player. Do you think he's worried about looking silly if he misses or worried no, about I making a mistake? I think he's just quite happy-go-lucky. Right. I, I don't want him his... to be happy-go-lucky. I said on social no, media, I don't want but... the cheeky chappy post-match <laughs> interviews. I want him to be a killer, well, a cold-eyed you, killer. Well, you can say that, but if he wasn't, then he probably wouldn't be with us still. Well. You know, I think it's the fact that he uh, genuinely values things like the atmosphere of, uh, of the club, the fact his family are happy. I love he all considers that. all of those things uh, as important as... And also, he just loves playing football. You know what? Someone turned to me at the game on, on West Ham, uh, at the West Ham game and said, this is a typical Azard performance after he's been rested. The one thing you never do with Azard is rest him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You just keep playing him and playing him and playing him. That's a good point. And, it's a good uh, point. Zola said that today as well in, in his yeah. press conference. He said he might play him against Liverpool because he just it's better to just keep playing him and playing him and playing him. He actually yeah. said, didn't he? He said yeah. the more he plays, the better he gets. Yeah, Zola was a bit like that. You know, yeah. Zola was a player that you know that liked to be. Lampard yeah. was another player that hated being dropped, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, to play every game, particularly towards the end. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, so that's West Ham. Uh, you know, uh, how you feeling? How you feeling about things afterwards? I mean, five straight wins and a draw. I mean, you would have bitten my arm off for that at the beginning of the season. I was dis- describing it as a, a kind of correction, a recalibration. Yes, of, uh, right. of perhaps we were. I mean, I love all those records, and I love the fact that Surrey is now in that sort of list that I can trot out every now and then of best starts to a, to yeah. a season, and I've got another 
little table that I'm going to be putting up um, depending on how things go on on Friday on my pre-match briefing. But um, I think it, it was a... It allows us to sort of step back and think, well, actually, we did really well. No one can take those points away from us. We're still unbeaten, but there's an awful lot of work to be done. Two big games coming up this week. We've got the Carling Cup game, Carabao Cup game, I'm sorry, in the uh, upper Anfield against Liverpool. We've got a great record at, you know, at Anfield we in have. the league. We're, we're uh, and then we've got, the them, and then we've, got we've got the same team, Liverpool, at home at the bridge uh, on the late kickoff on Saturday. Mm. So Liverpool twice in a week, always big games, team in form at the moment, unbeaten. How do we feel it's going to go? Uh, give me a little summary of how you're going to feel about it and then a prediction. I think Chelsea might fall in the cup because I think the sort of backup players might not be quite as good at Sari ball as we call it now Sarismo uh, as, as, as the uh, we're not going to call the, it Sarismo uh, that's, the, that's in the uh, Italian uh, what is it the encyclopedia, encyclopedia. It uh, yeah um, I think that, Italy, isn't it? Yeah. I find that I find that maybe that will be a difficult game well, just because Sari himself has been a little bit worried about how the backup centre-backs are going to do in this new system um, you know Cahill's a great anger about that yeah. uh, not playing enough and fair play to him uh, you know just want to play as a footballer I think that that might be difficult obviously Liverpool are favourites in both games um, maybe because it's at the bridge not but I think Liverpool are the big title contenders this season they look great they win even when they're bad and I don't know if Chelsea can win that easily when they're really bad and, and Liverpool have been poor sometimes give me some predictions for both games ok I'll go let's go 2-1 defeat at Anfield and Chelsea 2-1 winner in the league just to keep it interesting. <laughs> right. I, it's interesting that, that um, uh, Klopp said the FA must be mad to think that they don't want any teams to progress in all of these competitions um, because uh, the fixtures list is too congested. He wants the League Cup out of the way. It's quite clear. He's thinking, we've got a great chance in the Premier League. We're doing well in the Champions League. Those are the, my two bankers. Though he needs a trophy and this is the quickest route to silverware. Um, so I think he will play quite a much changed team, frankly. Probably a lot more changed than ours. He went out first round last year at Leicester. I still think they'll have a... I still think that... Well, I think we'll either edge it or it'll be a draw and it'll go to penalties and hopefully we'll get through. Saturday is really tough. Um, I think uh, a lot depends on whether Van Dyke's fit for them. I think it could be 3-2 Chelsea. Interesting. I, I think that it's both going to be very much changed sides on Wednesday. Exactly what you said. I think Liverpool don't really care about this competition, but they'll take it seriously enough for the reason that you said, which is that it is a trophy, it is a trip to Wembley. I think we'll take it reasonably seriously. I think we will have a mix of youth and experience in the team. I don't think it'll be as strong as the Pauk team, but I think there will be uh, certainly elements of, of key first team players in there as well. Um, I think we might win the game at Anfield um, narrowly. Um, the game, as you say, at the bridge, I think is a whole different matter. It terrifies me. I think optimistically, I think we'll get a draw. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Guys, thank you so much. That was a really interesting uh, conversation and fantastic insight Cheers, from you from uh, about Sari. Uh, you know, always great to have you here, Rick. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. We'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, and in the meantime, up the blues. Come on, Chels. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.